Hello, I'm Javis Lewis and in this episode I'm going to tell you about a little gadget I bought the other day on Amazon. It is this one, a HDMI capture device for about $80 that promises to do 1080p 60 frames a second capture via USB 3 for about $80. It also promises to strip out HDCP copy protection up until 2.1, I believe, I'm not entirely sure there, but the latest HDCP standards are not supported, but things that the Xbox or the PlayStation 3 or the PlayStation 4 would natively have built in that makes you watch a signal on a monitor, but you won't be able to record it. That is automatically, apparently, stripped out with this device. Very exciting promises. Let's see if this thing holds up to the challenge. Now, first of all, I bought two of these devices because I found that there are some audio issues while I was capturing. And this one, I bought this one first by a company called AGP Tech, which I thought was the manufacturer. But since these people also make bike pedals and tents and water bottles, I was thinking perhaps they do not own, in fact, an electronics factory. And they don't. Uh, they are buying this in bulk and uh, letting the company put their logo on it. So they don't actually manufacture this device. They just market this device. In fact, if you have a look, on Amazon, you'll find that many people seem to sell this device under different types of titles. The most original title from the actual manufacturer that I found is called EasyCap. That's the manufacturer, EasyCap, and this is their model number 261. There's a website, easycap.com, under which you can get more information on this little device. So the setup is very simple. USB cable, about one foot of a USB cable comes with it, about 12 inches, that's about 30 centimeters. That's in the box. We also have a USB to USB-C adapter if you have a laptop or a device that doesn't have a regular full-size USB port. You get this little adapter that converts the end of that cable to a USB-C. That's, that's a kind of nice touch. You also get some instructions. The AGP Tech device came with a special AGP Tech little booklet and a little um, thank you note from AGP Tech. So I found that a very nice touch. The device that was from EasyCap directly came with different instructions. It came with a little white instruction booklet, but in principle, it's of course the same that's in there. The other thing that you get with the AGP Tech device is a little driver and software disc on a little mini CD here. Very exciting stuff. So all that's in the box and of course the device. All of that for about $80. AGP Tech called their device the VG0061, whereas EasyCap and many other manufacturers call them the EasyCap 261 or the Model 261. So much for the hardware. That's about all I can tell you. It's about the size of a cigarette box, uh, about a bit thicker than an iPhone, about twice as thick as an iPhone. Weighs hardly anything. It has one green light at the front here. And it doesn't even really get hot when it does its job. Hmm. Let's have a look at what footage looks like captured with this, with this device at several resolutions. Let's start with some 1080p 30 frame captures here. One of those things is that the device tells us that 1080p 60 frames is supported, but I'm gonna go through all these capture formats here. I think it does a relatively decent job in regards to quality in 1080p at 30 frames a second, which is what we're seeing now. The difference, just in case you're not entirely familiar with this, between 30 frames and 60 frames is just the smoothness of the motion. 60 frames is, of course, twice as many 
images per second as 30 frames a second and video games have traditionally always displayed in 60 frames a second and that makes them look extremely smooth. So this is now 30 frames a second and the clarity and the contrast is fairly good in my opinion. Sometimes in indoor scenes you'll see something that's a bit more dark and that's of course very taxing for the encoder. If there's more values between 0 and 1 then that's going to look much better. So this is outdoors now in 30 frames 1080p. Let's have a look at some indoor footage now. This is a bit more taxing on the encoder, as I said. So this is now 1080p 60 captured with the device. And I can see that the text on the right-hand side and the graphics this looks a little bit fuzzier than with 30 frames. So I believe what they've done here is that the processor or whatever chip is in the device has a certain capacity or capability of doing things and doing that 30 times a second allows it to just pump out a higher quality. I don't think it's a bandwidth issue. I think it's a basically a quality setting there, a quality issue and much like a, much like a CPU, it can, it can only do so much really in a reasonable amount of time. So doing that twice as many times per second, I guess, has a slightly detrimental effect to the quality. So I believe what they may have done here is to say well rather than give out the same quality in 30 frames and 60 frames and let the device kind of work half as hard in 30 frames a second we just make it work at the same compression but then give out slightly better quality in 30 frames a second. Let's have a look at some outdoor footage here in 60 frames at 1080p that looks again I can see it's a little bit fuzzier it certainly is 60 frames uh, I've heard reports that the speculation that this device doesn't actually capture in 1080p and in fact does it at 720 and then up it internally uh, I'm not sure if that's the case I think it's just it's just a matter of well this is just as good as it gets for about $80 I can also see, and this is one thing that I'm a little bit annoyed about really with this device, I can see that the color tinge is a little bit greenish yellow, especially in the dark areas. If I look at her hair, for example, or the, the whole picture in general, it is a little bit greenish yellow when compared to the actual live footage. And I suppose that's where the devil really is in the details. Sometimes when, the, when you compare one type of encoding with another or one type of footage with another, then you'll find differences. If your viewers usually don't have that comparison other than other streams that they may be watching or other recordings of footage that they may be watching. So it's one of those things that I believe if the comparison just isn't there, it may actually look fine. But to test my theory and to test other people's theory of does this device perhaps up-res stuff, here's some 720p 60 footage now that I've captured with the device. So I've set the device to 720p 60 output and then let my computer up-res this on the fly to 1080p. And what I've noticed is that the CPU power used, utilized to do that on the fly is fairly high. So I had about like 50% CPU usage, which I didn't have when I just natively captures what, capture whatever comes out of the device. But uh, what I can see is that the text and all the graphics isn't as crisp and clear as it just was with 1080p. So yes, granted, there is a bit of sharpening going on probably inside the device, but I think there is definitely a marked difference between the 720p output and the 1080p output of this device. Just as a comparison, here is some footage now in 1080p 60 captured with the device. And I think 
the graphics just look a little bit better than when it's captured in 720p. However, 720p 60 isn't that bad on the device. So it's one of those nice ideas that if you have an underpowered computer or if you even don't care about 1080p 60 streaming, perhaps 720p 60 is a decent thing that the device can do. And just to round out the capabilities of the device, here's a 720p stream in 30 frames a second. I'm not sure if that's relevant, but uh, for really underpowered devices that cannot handle the data rate necessary, uh, this is also possible with the device and more or less does a decent job. I'm not that bothered about 720p 30 capture, but if you are, then this is what footage would look like. As a test, I've also gone ahead and recorded this footage with OBS in 1080p 60 now at a slightly higher data rate of 50 megabytes a second. And I thought, you know, maybe the results are slightly better. They weren't. I mean, the only thing I can make out is that there's slightly less compression artifacts on uh, small detail, but that is kind of to be expected. A higher data rate will always yield less compression artifacts. So as I said, the data rate that you set in OBS will also contribute to the overall quality of the stream or to your recording. If you are recording something, I would recommend you set this to something like 10 megabytes a second or uh, higher, but anything above that probably won't make that much of a difference. But again, do some testing there. You may find out something that I haven't spotted. I was also interested to see and find out if the device would bring me better results than to stream with my regular PlayStation 4. So it is just a regular PlayStation 4 and I can set that to broadcast something and I can I can do that and I can go onto Twitch and YouTube pretty much immediately. But because I don't have a PlayStation 4 Pro, I can only stream at 720p 60. And I've done that, there are no settings on the encoder that would make that better or worse. So the only thing that I can do there is literally hit a button and it kind of does everything. So the data rate is just under 4,000 kilobytes a second, I believe. So what I've done then is I've streamed the same footage to Twitch. I've downloaded the footage to Twitch and I've simultaneously recorded it on this device. And let's just have a quick look what that footage looks like side by side. If you've never used OBS before, here's a quick starting tool. You start up with basically no scenes and no sources. All you need to capture this device is literally one scene, a single scene, which you already have by default. And then in the sources window down here, you click the little plus icon and select to add a video capture device. And that'll come up with this dialog. And in here, you can give it a title, you can call it EasyCap, you can leave it as it is. Click OK, and then another window opens up in which, well, currently we're seeing my webcam. That's not what we want. So in the device down here, you can select what it is that you want to capture. So drop that down and whatever you've got in this menu, one of them will, will be something either EasyCap U3 Capture or I've also had with another firmware, I've also had this called FD capture or something along those lines. There may be others depending on the operating system. So you select that and there you go. This is what's now coming out of the device. On the bottom here, you've got some configurations options. So configure video will give you access to the proc amp. If you wanted to have that signal a bit lighter or a bit darker, if you want to do something to the contrast, you can do that here. I'm going to leave that uh, on 128, which is the default. And I'm just going to cancel out of that. This is now my PlayStation that I'm seeing here and I can capture the resolution and the frame rate and the color space 
as I see fit. So on the bottom here, resolution type is currently set to device default. That'll kind of work, but if you want to set the device to something specific, you can get that drop down and select custom down here. Now the picture has gone away, but that shouldn't matter because you can uh, have a look at the resolution. Currently nothing is selected and any of these resolutions will work. So that's what the device is going to give out. This is going to either up res or down res, whatever comes in. So let's say 1920 by 1080 gives us a preview window here again. FPS is the frames per second. So in this case, you can say match output FPS, which is kind of the default, or you can go highest, or you can capture 60 or 50 or 40 or 30. So let's set this to 60 and you may see a slight color shift. You shouldn't, but it's one of those things that I've noticed about this device. Um, it does that, or you can set this to something like 30 frames a second and uh, then whatever comes into the device will be translated into whatever you set this to. So let's leave it on 60. On the bottom, just to finish this off, video format, any will work, but you can also set this to YUY2, which I found looks slightly better than Motion JPEG. It's just uh, slightly less artifacts there. Probably not visible right now, but I can already see on my monitor, I can see a bit of a, a difference there. YUY2 is giving me the better result. YUV color space, that's set to default. You can also set that to either 709 or 601. 601 is kind of what we were dealing with in television and it looks slightly better in my opinion. And the YUV color range, well, it's set to partial by default. I'm not sure if they're trying to save bandwidth there, but if I set that to full, I find that the color reproduction and the contrast are reproduced a little bit better. Buffering and audio output mode, we're not going to worry about. We're just going to click OK, and that is my device set up here. You can also resize this. So if you have a less powerful computer, you may have your canvas size, which is kind of the black area now, set to something other than the output size. So right now my canvas size is set to 1920 by 1080, but I could also set that to something smaller, and that's in the OBS settings. But that's more like OBS specific, so I'm not going to deal with that here. Once you've set up the video, there's currently no audio that's coming out of that. For that, I personally found that it's easier to set up another audio capture device specifically. And that's just as easy as clicking a plus symbol, audio input capture, and then just leave it as that or give it a title, hit OK. And then on here, on the device, you can set your EasyCap device again. And as soon as you do that, it looks like use device timestamps on or off doesn't seem to matter much. So uh, it doesn't really get rid of the audio sync or the audio dropout problem that I'm going to talk about later. And as soon as you do that, you see your levels going up and down. Now, you may not hear anything just yet. It'll record something. It'll stream something audio, I mean, but you may not hear anything for monitoring. And that's because monitoring is not switched on by default in OBS. But again, that's OBS specific. So if you click that little gear icon here and you head over to advanced audio properties, then you can see this little dialogue here and we can see that audio input capture is currently set to 100%. Sync offset monitor is off. If you set that to monitor and output, then you'll hear audio from your speakers. And that's how you set the device up in OBS. Streamlabs OBS is very similar. Other applications will have a similar setup process. There is a gripe that I have with this device, and that is that it has some serious audio issues that I wasn't able to resolve. And they manifest themselves by kind of almost skipping little 
bits and pieces. They're not really noticeable in general gameplay, but if there's music and you're capturing music, like the starting music of a, a game, or there's something like a subtle dialogue going on, you will be able to detect that some parts of the audio are basically just missing and the device kind of, I don't know, resynchronizes itself. And it's not noticeable in the picture, only in the audio. Here's some footage I've captured from my PlayStation 3. This is the opening sequence from Jack and Dexter, the remastered version for the PlayStation 3, upraised to 1080p 60 and uh, try tapping your foot to the beat of the music. I bet you're gonna be unsuccessful. Usually if you only hear car noises or machine gun fire or just ambient noise, this may not be noticeable so much, but for me it's almost like a deal breaker because it doesn't allow me to capture proper in-game dialogue or in-game music, so I don't really like that. Now, capturing all this footage that I've shown you so far wasn't as easy as just pressing a button and plugging this device in, or rather the other way around. It was much, much more difficult than that. So on the Amazon listing, the manufacturer, AGP Tech, tell us that, hey, there are some color issues that we've resolved in a software upgrade. So I thought, ooh, okay, maybe that software upgrade for this device will also fix those nasty audio issues. So I had a look at the website, and apparently what we're supposed to do, they also sell glass cutters, bottle cutters, by the way, it kind of gives you a bit of an idea of what that company does. Under support, under manuals and downloads, there is a section that is called video capture. And if we click on that, we see about one, two, three, four firmware updates for this device, none of which are labeled. So I have no idea which one the latest version actually is. Perhaps it's the Japanese one. Perhaps it's the one that solved the problem about display color. Perhaps it's the one that solved the problem about display color for Xbox only. Why that would be a difference, I can't anybody's guess. Or there's solve the color cast with 1080p 60 FPS input. Hmm, yes, uh, I would like to solve uh, basically all the problems and particularly if that would be available in English, that would be an advantage. So, uh, but if it isn't, maybe I'll just uh, grab any of these. And what can I tell you? I tried to apply any of these firmware upgrades to the AGP tech device and it first appeared as if I had bricked my device. So what happened was that it was recognized still by the computer. Some of the firmware upgrades make this come up as a different title, so it's not always easy cap U3. Sometimes it's FD capture, sometimes on my Mac it's even something completely different. So I, I wasn't really worried about that, so the device was still recognized, but no image was being put through anymore. Audio still worked, but I couldn't see an image. And I tested this for days and days until I finally grabbed a different laptop. In fact, my wife's Chromebook that was sitting on the other desk that also had an HDMI output. So I put that in and that worked flawlessly. So I was thinking, hmm, what's happened there? Tell you what, all these four firmware upgrades here, all of them, including the Japanese one, they disable the HDCP strip out feature. What a terrible user experience that was. So uh, that was not what I had expected. Any of these firmwares applied from the AGP Tech website, take that option that it was sold with, this device was sold with, take that away. 
Luckily, I had an HDMI splitter that will take out the HTCP copy protection with which I was then able to use this. But I thought, hey, maybe there is a way I can get hold of the other firmware. So I had a look around and found the actual manufacturer's website, which was easycap.com. And here it is right on the front page. There's the EasyCap 261 USB 3 HD game live streaming device. And I think it also comes up right here on the home page. So if I click on that, then I get to see uh, two other firmware upgrades somewhere down here. It tells you a lot about the um, support page. Oh yeah, there we go. It's it, this EasyCap 287 support page, which doesn't have a link on it. So, uh, but under support, I believe we do find a firmware upgrade here somewhere. And there's only two of them on the EasyCap site. So I was, I had hope again. I thought that's that's kind of cool. I like the idea that there is a firmware upgrade from the original manufacturer. And I believe we have to go to HD video capture with PC. And there it is, the EasyCap 287-261-263-265-265C HD game streaming. There's a little uh, article on how to upgrade that, but here, this one is the actual firmware upgrade. So this says June 25th, 2018 was one that supports 4K30 input, solves the color problem, and here's the link to it. There's also an older software version here. So we've got two of them and we've got a manual. Uh, so that makes more sense. However, I check it out. This is, I've talked more about this in my article. This is a really, really sorry state of affair here. This version applied to the AGP tech device doesn't bring back the HDCP stripping feature either. So very, very careful with that. Just my experience. Maybe this device is broken. I don't know, I'm gonna send it back, but that's you know why I've ordered the next one, which I haven't applied this software upgrade to, just for the record. I've got one that is working and I may keep that. I may send that back. I'm not entirely sure yet. So uh, this, this version here, however, this archive, only contains the software. It doesn't contain the tool with which you need to actually flash the device. But the old firmware zip archive, that contains it. So it's, it's, a, it's a little bit difficult to explain this, but basically this thing has a flashing tool and a firmware, and this thing is supposed to have a flashing tool and the firmware, but it doesn't. So it only has the firmware. Download this, extract it, then add the device to your PC and uh, then take this firmware and copy that onto here. You can read more about this boring details in my article if you like. I'm gonna to link to that in the description and in it, you will also get a bit of a, an idea of what the color cast differences are that I keep talking about. Uh, these, are, these two screenshots are basically the firmware from the EasyCap device. This one is a 30 frame capture and this one is the same device set to 60 frames capture you can see a slight difference in color and contrast but with the old firmware it must have been much uh, different so this is the old firmware here and uh, the difference between the um, 30 frame and 60 frame capture is quite severe so you only see these differences on a static image and I thought I'm gonna add that to the article there's also links to other people's reviews at the end so it's a long article if you're interested in this device do check out these videos from Linux comp and from craft computing aim from the game tech guru. With that, my friends, I will leave you be. There's also links in the description of where and how you can buy this device from Amazon. I'm not entirely sure if I'm gonna keep mine. I would give it perhaps three out of five stars because it does technically do the job that it was designed for. It just doesn't do it as 
well as I had hoped it would. But hey, maybe my footage has convinced you that that's exactly the device you need. Maybe my footage has convinced you that this is exactly the device you don't want and you may want to spend two or three times the amount of money on an Ava Media or a, the Elgato system. That was it for today. I hope you liked this. Uh, if you did, then please share this video with friends, family and total strangers. And don't forget to subscribe to my channel. I will see you next time. Take care. Bye bye.